I'm talking like a complete change of industry, like people no longer being able to work as a X, Y, Z, you know, and having mm. to kind of reshift their overall uh, lifestyle. It's something that, you know, I think in 10 years, like I think about my, you know, my son who's 16 in 10 years when he's, you know, 26 and out in kind of the, uh, the working world, that's going to be a, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they have to navigate things like this, buying a home. And- You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Present, 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 present. I'm present. I am here. I'm present. I'm present. I'm alert. I'm alert. I'm awake. I'm activated. Uh, Welcome to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, your your (laughs) ultimate source for everything related to the Ottawa real estate market. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer, a seasoned investor, or simply interested in keeping up with the latest trends and insights, this podcast is for you. Each episode, we bring you in-depth analysis and expert opinions on various topics related to the Ottawa real estate market. From market trends and statistics to investment strategies and property management, we cover it all. Our guests include industry leaders, real estate professionals, and experts in related fields who share their insights and experiences to help you make informed decisions about your real estate ventures. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good morning. Doing great. Fantastic. We're present, clearly. We're, We're present. very present. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little tired. I had an awakening uh, in the middle of the night, caused me to not fall back asleep properly. Mm. So you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. But I'm here, done my uh, morning routine, done my little workout at home. So uh, the energy levels are coming back up. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that was, that, was, that was basically a pointless conversation. Like, I there was no reason for me to, to say any of that. <laughs> and if you couldn't, if you're just listening, Greg was actually slapping himself in the face as he was saying, "Alert, <laughs> alert, <right>. alert, alert." <laughs> uh, how was the weekend? We were all no, we weren't. Some of us were gathered. <laughs> <laughs> we were all together on Friday for a, an amazing event that Dave was uh, putting on, Martini Madness. Yeah, how was it? Well. I did, the madness, I did the it. madness ensued. It was good. It, uh, as I always say, starts off classy, ends up sloppy. <laughs> That's how you want it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I saw. Funny. I saw Labelle posted a pic of uh, of the night glass tiger setting up or whatever, and <laughs> him getting ready yeah. to play. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he was counting as I went by with Martinis. He was, uh, as he was singing, he was just like counting on his hand how many times I walked by with drinks. It's pretty nice. funny. Nice. Yes. <laughs> he only got to three, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, other than that, that's where I was Friday. Saturday, we actually had a uh, family outing to go see the new Mario movie, which was pretty fun. Mm, nice. We had about 20 of us there, I think, was the total count. So the theater had no idea what was hitting them. Um, that was good. Yesterday was a uh, Mother's Day. Yes, it was. uh, Enjoyed your Mother's Day. We had a nice barbecue here. A couple accidents in the yard, unfortunately. Some people had to leave early. Really? Um, Yeah, one of my my nieces, unfortunately, rolled her her leg. Basically rolled her ankle. We thought it was her ankle, but ended up breaking her tibia. No. Oh, wow. I was at the hospital till uh, till late last night. So, yeah. So, uh, our thoughts are with her today. Uh, It was uh, tough to watch, but... uh, yeah, the barbecue was great afterwards, though. I mean, once, uh, no. Uh, my mom was able to stay, which was nice, but my sister, unfortunately, had to go, so. Wow, you know, new day. New day, new us. 
Yeah, Mother's Day was good. I just, uh, it was the first full Sunday that we've had off since the girls started dance. So uh, it was wild and uh, thoroughly enjoyable and made me realize that uh, <laughs> Sunday needs to be a day like that. Always. Sabbath. Yes, me. we need the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. we, need, we need to bring back <laughs> where Black we, Sabbath. Where we worship each other. Speaking of uh, yeah, Glass Tiger, Black mm -hmm. Sabbath, uh, we're back. Um, what did you get up to, Dave? Oh, well, Friday was uh, Martini Madness, setting yeah. up for that all day. Uh, Saturday, cleaning up <laughs> for right. Martini Madness. And uh, yeah, some family stuff. It's all it's good. good. All good. We're so plain. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where was the, where was the fight? Where was the bar fight or something? I feel like some, <laughs> one of us should have had a bar fight to make this show exciting. <laughs> a bar fight. <clears throat> wow. Chairs Many years broke. ago. Many years ago. <laughs> so yeah. What's up guys? <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> segue, Greg. How's real estate? Yeah. I. <laughs> uh, so we transitioned from uh, ultimate fighting to real estate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah, last week was uh, was interesting. It seemed that um, a lot of people out shopping. Uh, there was some comments on the show that uh, you know, actually, sorry, I think it was on TikTok. Someone was saying, "Oh, you know, you guys are just trying to strum up business." And it's like, well, no, we're uh, as usual. You know, we just talk to to uh, pump up the market, even when it's not pumped. So we just make up stats and uh, mm. and say them so that we can line our own pockets somehow um but no the the market certainly it seems to be there's more people out shopping less inventory which creates obviously more competition as we've been saying uh and a lot of you know had some people disappointed last week and some people that were able to kind of sneak in so what are you guys seeing yourselves in the market what's uh what's the last week look like uh for me i got i definitely got a couple of uh uh conditional uh, purchase agreements in, but that were multiple offers. Um, mm -hmm. they were able to get them with, but with, you know, two and three day conditions of financing, not having to go unconditional, but, um, having to cut down that period of time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was again, like multiple offers and, and properties in the, and that's on properties in the 600 range, 800 range. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then my, Toronto or my uh, Vancouver client just keeps losing out on unconditional offers on condos out there. So mm. <laughs> still st at, at the 900 and uh, million mark for, for 600 and 700 square foot condos. So it's uh, not just an Ottawa phenomenon. It is, no, uh, as we said last time, it is everywhere, but uh, that things are picking up in certain or have, have been picking up steam certainly from uh, in certain price points, but even around the corner for me, I'm just off Preston um, that there are a number of properties that listed, um, you know, price points over a million and sold same week um, in that million plus mark. So I don't know what they ended up going for. I don't know, you know, anything like that. I didn't look at, didn't have a chance to look it up, but just from a, uh, an observational standpoint, uh, I saw them go up and that sold sign go up pretty quickly in a, uh, and some it's of those happening. higher price points as well. It's happening, man. It's happening everywhere. From what I understand, Calgary is like the most aggressive right now that it's been in years. Really? Mm. Uh, yeah. Like way crazy. Like yeah, I'm interested to hear. I know the East Coast is really busy. I've got a good buddy uh, out there that's a realtor in Fredericton. Uh, and I'm actually meeting up with him this weekend uh, in Toronto for a couple of Jays games. So 
We're, uh, so I'm interested to hear from him how I'll be able to report back next episode, but what he's seeing in the East Coast market as well. Uh, but it's been a lot of the same uh, from what I gather of of busy. Um, and ha- and it, it hasn't really slowed down from what I gather um, out there. But Yeah, and we're seeing the same thing here. Multiples all over the place. Have your how's your how's the rental market been for you, Greg? I know you had a ton of people. Uh, you had your pet clauses in there, but yeah. uh, I think <laughs> how's that, that been going? Uh, right now, I'm glad that I've taken on um, more rental um, clients mm-hmm. because they I'm finding that as things heat up here, that there are some people getting completely uh, pushed out of the market. And just kind of saying, like, throwing in the towel, being like, okay, well, we're just going to rent. And they're just going to keep their money and uh, wait and just to see what happens because they're pushed out to a point where they can't even remotely get what they're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. And what they what their options are is not something that's suitable for them. They'd rather rent something bigger and hold on to their money. And, I mean, <clears throat> you know, hopefully eventually – that turns around and they can get what they want in terms of a purchase. But for right now, they're making that decision. I've, I've never seen that more than right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have currently, we won the rental for, um, for, for my guys from the UK on Friday. We mm. finally got one, which was huge, huge. I can't describe the happiness mm. of that one. Uh, so they're coming to town in June. And uh, I lost three other rental deals uh, over the weekend and multiple offers. Wow. What areas of town? All Orleans? This these were these were all in Orleans. And that was just by total coincidence. Um, so six offers on one, eight offers on another, uh, five offers on another one. Wow. Um, and my and and you know, I'll be honest, my clients are pretty strong, but uh both single single people. So I don't think that I you know what I mean? I think that the landlords ultimately chose double income. Um, just seems like mm-hmm. more security. You know what I mean? If someone was to lose their position, the dinks, mm-hmm. double income, no kids. Yeah, yeah the dinks. Mm-hmm. So, but the, I'm telling you, man, like I, I was talking to Luca the other day. He was just saying like, we're glad that we're taking on this rental business because, um, you know, we, we do okay. But right now uh, it seemed, we seem to be doing a lot of it and we're happy to do it because uh, it keeps things moving, keeps us active in the market, keeps uh, and keeps the income uh, coming in. You know, have you mm-hmm. run into Greg anyone yet that had to sell just due to rates and so on, and and then kind of converting into a rental? No, but I'm running into people who's who are having to rent, having to move from rental to rental because the landlords have sold their primary residence to move into their smaller one that they own outright. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. So, I mean, I mean, like we, you know, every scenario is totally different, but there's a couple that I'm working with where the big clients are actually moving in. I think we're going to see a big shift regardless of rates. I think just with the, uh, the advance of, sounds so cliche, the advance of AI mm-hmm. and, uh, large language models. Uh, no, uh, but no, with the, uh, with the advance of AI and I was just thinking of places like Smith Falls, you know, if you remember five years ago, 10 years ago, Smith Falls was this place to be values were doubling because of uh, tweed was out there and so on mm-hmm. canopy. Uh, and now they're no longer, I think they shut down their warehouse there, right? They're mm-hmm. just kind of having administration and so on. So I've seen 
having been out in Smith Falls fairly frequently that, um, you know, values have kind of stagnated there a bit. Uh, they're still building. They're still doing a lot of new builds out there, which is interesting. Um, but things like that, I think as jobs shift over the next five to 10 years, we're going to see a lot of people that are going to also have to shift their employment, which will then, you know, it's going to shift every area of their life. I would imagine whether they need to downsize, maybe get outside the city or so on. So I, I'm interested to see how those sorts of things, Greg, impact people having to do those sorts of kind of creative creative moves or lateral moves. And I think that, uh, I mean, it's a, there was somebody that even had a question uh, posted one of the last episodes to that point with the government, uh, the new government union um, negotiations, uh, the work from home for that, you know, 130 or 150,000 government workers, uh, primarily within Ottawa, how that might change the landscape of real estate values within Ottawa and its suburbs, but also those uh, peripheral townships like Smith Falls or Carleton Place, Rockland, things like that, and how it will impact values there. And I think to your point, Paul, that um, as more businesses and and depending on whether this is ratified uh, with the government, whether it is longstanding of work from work from home, but you know, I'm sure over the years that'll just become more commonplace. Uh, a lot of these outside towns will. Uh, Valleys will go up because demand will be there. Um, we certainly saw it over the pandemic, so mm -hmm. I don't see why that wouldn't, why that would slow down, or why that would um, kind of revert the other revert course, if you will. I don't know, Greg, if you, what you I'm think on that? I'm not seeing it right. Like, I mean, I'm not seeing it personally, but I, it's mm -hmm. going to happen for sure. I think it is. It's one of these things, like, uh, you know, the. Remote work is pushing out. The prices are going up in town. People are going to go further out again. Then the prices will go up out there. Then it'll pause. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it seems like the cycle, right? <clears throat> We've had this weird limbo the last eight months and people just trying to figure out what they really want to do based on what they see happening in the economy or mm -hmm. with their life, their life and their business. But <clears throat> I don't know. That, that's, what, that's what I'm wondering though. Like I, I obviously, yes, with remote work, we do see people push out, but I'm thinking outside of remote work, I'm, I'm talking like a complete change of industry, like people no longer being able to work as a X, Y, Z, you know, and having mm. to kind of reshift their overall uh, lifestyle. It's something that, you know, I think in 10 years, like I think about my, you know, my son who's 16 in 10 years when he's, you know, 26 and out in kind of the, uh, the working world, that's going to be a, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they mm -hmm. have to navigate things like this, buying a home and, I was telling you he's taking that class, um, personal life management, very interesting course. Um, but they're going through all these things. And I mean, I was telling you about that worksheet that we were filling out about getting a mortgage and, you know, the house is 250,000 mm -hmm. downtown and so mm -hmm. on and how archaic that seemed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's probably done five years ago in 10 years from now, like, you know, they're learning all this, but it's like us, we were talking about with our business classes being typing and being completely mm -hmm. irrelevant now. I mean, you still have to type, but I mean, it's no longer uh, business. Um, I wonder what, what that, you know, what that's going to look like for them, for kids that age, you know, five, 10 years, uh, both finding jobs, but also trying to find places to live. Like what's that rental market going to look like? What's the, like, what's the long-term horizon of this, big. of this trajectory? You know, the only, you know, and we've said this before, and this was a big thing last year, uh, just in media, in some media platforms that. You know, the best thing that a parent can do for their kids right now is to buy another property mm -hmm. and keep it for them later. 
and to have property because there'll always be people needing to rent. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of these things like right now <clears throat> we're in a situation where we're kind of like, we love where we are. Um, but we'd like to be maybe further out or maybe into something just a little bit bigger for some, you know, multi purposes at home. And, you know, we're, we're sitting there going like, well, do we buy, do we look and try to buy something bigger? And my mind, I'm like, no, no way, because I don't want to be tied up in that. But so now we're looking at maybe buying something smaller that we can have as an income property, right? Hmm. Just as something else, um, just to have a position, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I wanted to, cause I know we always talk about, you know, average price is, you know, 700, 800,000. Uh, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who we had a, a mutual client that was looking to get into um, investments, kind of flipping and, and so on. And we were, he showed me a property in Ottawa. Uh, it was a condo townhome uh, and it was listed at 215,000. Now I'm not suggesting this is like, you know, turnkey and everyone should go out and buy this house, but there are still homes in Ottawa that are, you know, sub 500,000. You have to look, mm -hmm. obviously you want to be working mm -hmm. with someone like Greg or, you know, a, an industry professional that can kind of get you into those markets. But if you're someone who owns your home and wants to get that additional investment property or something like you don't have to spend half a million dollars to get, no, you know, uh, an investment you property should. or starter home or what have you. So there are properties out there. That's all I'm saying. You can get into them for, you know, less than 50,000 as, as a current homeowner. And I think for anyone that hasn't uh, listened to our, you know, 500 episodes um, or don't remember from many, probably from a hundred episodes ago of, of kind of that uh, comparison for Paul of, of, you know, start first home being a condo townhome, mm -hmm. lived in it for five years, seven years, didn't, seven, yeah. or didn't, you know, value was stagnant, but paid down principal and move from there. And, you know, it's not, it's not everything you know, values it, having gone up so dramatically over the last few years, that isn't, sta that isn't standard, but getting into something and not trying to, you know, not mm -hmm. in, in your mind as a first time home buyer thinking you need to go into this mansion right off the bat. Um, you know, you're going to just saddle yourself, uh, you know, and get, get behind the eight ball, just, you know, set a plan for savings. You know, there are, are the RSP first time home buyer programs. There are now the TF, the, the first time home buyer TFSA program that, you know, a couple of banks have launched finally, mm -hmm. but there are ways in which you could put aside money that's tax deductible. Just set a plan there and save up that minimum that you need to get in, whether it be a place at 215,000 of condo, um, getting in something, start getting used to paying that mortgage on a consistent basis, something that's your own pride of home ownership, maybe fix it up to increase that value and make that and make that jump, sell it and make that jump to that next property that might be just slightly bigger or still a condo townhome, but slightly bigger or, you know, one that needs more renovations that you can renovate and increase value and kind of just make those, make those jumps strategically um, instead of just thinking right off the bat that I'm going to need to get into something at mm -hmm. five, seven, nine hundred thousand um, and it becomes daunting. Own where you live. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you have a little a family and you're happy in a rental, but can't afford a home that's the size to accommodate that. Just buy something small and stay where you are, rent. Or, or if you live with your parents and, you and, you know, and parents. you're, you know, like to your point, your parents have, you know, probably lived there for decades. It doesn't mean that you need to live in that exact immediate neighborhood because you're used to it. Yeah. And that <laughs> took them how many decades to move into that home, move somewhere that is affordable for you, that works for you. 
and get into something that sooner rather than later and move from there. And maybe, and eventually you'll find that neighborhood that you want to be in, but um, it's not something that you're going to be able to necessarily have that immediate gratification of like, all right, I'm in the, I'm, I'm moving to Rockcliffe. That's my first home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we actually, we drove by, we were in Blackburn. That's where my first home was. And I grew up in the East End. So I'm now in the West End. And to your point, Dave, it was a big shift to go from East Ottawa to West Ottawa. Like I felt like I was, I was cheating or something. I was, I was committing treason, <laughs> you know, to move to the West End of the city. But I love it here now. I, can, I, I can't imagine living in the East End. Uh, I still go there often, but just like the mental state of having to live in the East End again, to me, mm -hmm. would be wild to, to, to think of that. But I grew up as never thinking I will, I will never live in the West. The West was, you know, the wild West. I was an East End boy, you know, <laughs> just an East End boy. Um, <laughs> wow. So <laughs> great. No, but the, to, to your point, Dave, I, I drove by with the kids the other day and it was funny looking at them reflect on it. Cause I mean, they obviously remember they were much younger. They remember the house being, you know, huge and big toboggan hill. And then we drove by and they're yeah. like, what? That's where we used to toboggan. It was like, you know, a six mm -hmm. foot high hill and uh, so on. But yeah, when I bought that house, it was 212,000, which was, would have been probably 13 years ago now or 14 years ago. And I sold it for 217,000, seven years later. So yeah. it went up 5,000 over seven years. And I thought that was great. I was actually making, I was selling it for a profit. Like there was no, there was no thinking of like, oh, I'm going to double this home. Um, and I was a bit disappointed a year after I sold it. Uh, you know, I sold it for 217. And then the year after that, it was worth 350. But the home that I'd moved into, uh, you know, I bought it for 340 and it was worth over six. So you kind of have these, you know, you, you, you may feel like it is like, to me, that was the best starter home. And I wasn't even moving to try to, it wasn't, I wasn't doing it as an investment play. You know, it was just like, oh, well, I'm going to move because this is a slightly bigger home, has an extra bedroom for the kids and is closer to, to you know, where I need to be in the city. So that was the only motivation to move. And it just happened that at that time, the market, you know, it was right when uh, just before COVID hit, everything started to kind of ramp up as far as values. But, uh, but yeah, I think just getting your, I was saying that property, the 215 as something as an investment, but I mean, even as just, you can keep renting and still buy that, you know, you can still buy it. And then, as you said, Greg, you know, you can rent for another year and then maybe move into that a year or two down the road or rent permanently and, you know, uh, gift that to your kids in 10 years when they're, when they're old enough or what have you. So, um, that's it. That's all a very I got to say good point. That. And it's just so interesting. I mean, now those things are, you, were you right on Orient park? Mm -mm. Garden park. Garden so park. Off Orient yeah. park. Yeah. Mm. So still around like the high threes, 400 now. Bud Gardens. Shout out to Bud Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's always funny looking back at uh, some of those old properties. Same thing of my, my first home in Barhaven townhome was uh, looking oh, yeah. back. You know, I sold, I fixed, I renovated it all, sold it uh, actually at the time for a, um, for the highest price on the street for, for 330. And, you know, through COVID it's, you know, goes up to 700 or 750 you can't look back on it because you make you make a decision to your point paul you make a decision in that in that moment of what's best for you and your family or what is best suited for location or moving up at that time you can't predict the future um and where things are going to be you have no crystal ball as much as i as much as uh, people believe that Torp does have one um and that we create the market but uh we don't and we don't know necessarily where values are going to be in the future. And so really when you're buying that first home, you got to look at what you can afford now, 
how you can get into that home sooner rather than later and work your way up to that house with a white picket fence if that's what your if that's what your goal is mm. i'd like to know what uh other agents are feeling right now if you're an agent listening to this please post in the comments just maybe like a bullet couple bullet points about how you're seeing the market right now um you know out here again like i talk about the rentals and losing losing deals and multiple offers and rentals there was also a couple that we lost in uh, properties over the last little while or that we chose not to bid on because they had so many offers and they both mm -hmm. sold for like 60,000 75,000 over list granted they were listed low to do that but these are homes that you know ended up selling around the low to mid fives that probably needed about 50,000 in updates immediately I would say like yeah. you could move in but you would want to do that within the first year at the at a minimum um, so I'm just curious what everybody else is seeing. I think that there's some homes that were on the market that people thought were overpriced that suddenly are not going to be overpriced anymore. Um, I have a couple of those included. Uh, if anyone's interested, call me. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic right now too, right? Is that prices are on an upwards trajectory and there are a lot of properties that are still priced over where the market is now, but will they be there in 30 days? You know, when they're, when they've the been thing. sitting for 45, are they then going to be priced accurately? Like That's how does exact, that? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see where it's going, especially with the numbers for May. But, uh, you know, I think there was a comment on the page just about like, you know, low inventory. Um, yeah, I was just going to read that. Do you want me to read it and you can sure, speak to it? Go ahead. Uh, so it says, do you guys have any idea why inventory is so damn low for this time of year? Cause this must be the only reason why prices are up month over month. Is this because no one is selling because they cannot afford to move up or to, to a bigger home? I guess no one is motivated to sell their more expensive home and downsize to a smaller and more affordable home? Question mark? Yeah, I mean, there's, sure. There's, there's, there's so many factors that it's hard to really answer that. You know, I remember, you know, during the pandemic and if you were listening to the show then, it was always like, you know, if no one wants to sell because they can't afford where they want to go or they would wait to buy something, um, you know, buy something first that was perfect over, well, overpay, they would pay what the market demanded and then list their home for sale. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are doing the same thing now. There's no real rhyme or reason of why this is happening. But the main comment that we always seem to come back to is that there's not enough homes for the amount of people coming to the city. And I think that that's a big part of what's fueling this, uh, this madness again. I'm, I'm I like, I'm, sh I'm generally shocked about where the, where the prices are right now. And, uh, you know, thinking in my mind that it's going to just balance out and stay kind of where it is. I don't think that really anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, just on working in the market and talking to people. I think Paul's you're on mute. mute there. I think you're on mute there, Paul. Hey, I was just, hey guys, I'm hey. back. Uh, I was just saying, um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like buyers are like the people that are actually in the market that I've been speaking to seem very um, eager. And, and I would, I don't want to say aggressive because that seems like a negative connotation, but like they're, they're very um, purpose-driven when they're putting in their offers. <laughs> Like great, they want to buy, they don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. And they want to actually like get in the game. 
Uh, so I, I think the combination of that, the time of year, the low inventory, like I think we might see prices go up another 25, 50,000 on average, like in the next month or two. Like I think there's just not enough homes right now that the people that do want to aggressively buy are, are purpose-driven um, mm -hmm. are going to find that home. And, and we were talking, Greg, on Friday at our lunch that I had a client put an offer price property was mm -hmm. listed at 699 i might have talked about this on the show so i apologize if i did uh 699 it was listed uh they put in an offer i, I want to say just over maybe 30,000 over asking and it ended up selling for 130,000 over asking and this was a two bedroom two bathroom like army home from in carling was it carlington yeah yeah uh so wild and that's it, it, like some prices i find just make no no rhyme or reason. Like you'll get mm -hmm. homes in Carlton Place for a million, and then you'll get homes in like city center for eight hundred. It's like what is like it may mm. honestly the prices are to me sometimes make no sense at all. Oh but yeah, it's all over whatever. the place. But people will pay, and that's the thing. Like we have one coming up. Uh, we have a beauty coming up in Center Point. Actually, a single family detached original owner, four bed hardwood in the basement, main level stairs upstairs. Uh, beautiful property, and you know. It, I originally looked at it last summer and my price was like about 150,000 less than what we're going to list at now. And they haven't done that much more to it just because we waited. Now they're ready to go. And, you know, I initially, we, when I saw them like five, six weeks ago, my price was not as high as it is now. And I was sitting there like getting confused saying like, am I doing the right thing? Am I right pricing it like this? But when I look at what's going on and seeing any comparables, it's like, absolutely. Especially because there's nothing like it on the market. So as soon as it comes out, what do I think? I think a lot of people are going to come out and pay us a visit. Purpose-driven. 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 But, but to your comment, though, Paul, purpose-driven is that there are a lot of purposely-driven uh, buyers that aren't just window shopping. Yeah. And so, again, it goes back to that whole, um, you know, planning ahead of time, getting pre-approved, going in with a strategy on mm -hmm. when you're looking at a house, because there are more and more eyes going on it. Uh, we talked last episode about the amount of sales that have increased from 400 in January to 1200 last month. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, that, that statistics, those are factual numbers. So it's tripled in amount of sales in Ottawa over the last few months. There are more people out shopping, there are more transactions going on. So ensure that when you're getting out there, if you're a realtor or you're a buyer, um, make sure you're make sure you're getting pre-approved. Make sure your documents are in in order. If you're a mortgage broker, make sure you're pre-approving and getting a rate lock in for those clients so that they can get out shopping with confidence. Um, because again, there are so many people. There are more eyes on properties than there were in uh, in January, and so you just need to be properly prepared. Properly prepared, purpose-driven people. So many P's. PDP. So many P's. Alliteration. The alliteration. <laughs> Property. Prop, hold on. Properly prepared, purpose-driven people. Oh, man. That's a headline. PDP. That's a headline. David. <laughs> Nailed it. Paul and David nailing it. Toe rep, 100%. Uh, Always. Perf people. I, I can't. I need to write it down. Oh God! I can't even remember what I said. What you said. <laughs>
so many peas. Good thing it's recorded. We'll have yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Well, should we sign in the mood boost? Well, before we do that, Paul, because yes. in case people tune out and you didn't remind me, I said Friday, remind me. Luckily, I remembered. Oh, um, Friday. We do Remember. have, yeah, we do have uh, a realtor in Carlton Place, Louis Biggs, donated, is donating two tickets to the Grant Cardone Conference in Toronto. Oh, sick. Um, the first email me. David at referralmortgages.com. And uh the first the first person that emails me with looking for the tickets, it is May 26th to 28th in Toronto. It's uh Grant Cardone. Um uh it's a whole host. Hold on. Let me read off who who all is there. Sure, Alex Rod will be there. Yeah, yeah, a few others, but uh Great multi multi-family conference. So anyone that's looking at investing or or either in as an investor or looking to get started, um, he's got some tickets. So reach out to me and I can put you guys in touch. But uh it's great uh great donation and should be a great conference. I know he's uh, very energetic and always a lot of people out. So cool. Yeah, that'll be good for sure. All right, Thanks. mood boost. Uh okay, I got uh, I'm, they're they're mother themed. I went, you know, being seeing it's Mother's Day weekend, coming off of Mother's Day weekend. This is for all the, the moms out there. So, number one, why did the cookie cry? Because mom was a wafer too long. Number two, what do you call a mom that can't draw? Tracy. <laughs> a lot of Tracy's out there. <laughs> Um, number three, what do you call a petite mother? A minimum. A minimum. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I like that one the best. Mm -hmm. a minimum. Uh, I got one more. No. Yes. <laughs> Last but not least, a frustrated mother was talking to her best friend. The mom said, that's it. I'm selling my kid on eBay. And the friend <laughs> said, don't be silly. You made him. Sell him on Etsy. Oh, oh, wow. At the wall up there at the end. Wow, the buildup. That's it. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. I didn't drop the agency this week, Greg. I'll have to do that next week. That's, okay. That's the agency. Um, <clears throat> thank you, everyone. Uh, as always, be sure to, you know, like, share, subscribe even, comment. We read them. Yeah, and again, please, like I said, realtors, leave leave comments about how you see the market. I'd like to just go mm -hmm. over some of your comments next week on the show. We should do that. Mortgage brokers, mortgage agents. Same thing, yeah, sure. Realtors, listeners, everyone, leave comments. <laughs> we love you. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Just talk to us, please. Yeah. <laughs> Give us something to talk about. <laughs> Tony Gorris. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.